Hello, and welcome to the Morning Bell podcast, where we interview authors, discuss writing-related topics, and talk about the writing process as a whole. If you want any more information about the Morning Bell and what it is, look up themorningbell.net. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics that you'd like to see discussed, email the co-editor of the Morning Bell, Kezia Lebanski, at the email address kezia at themorningbell.net. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. My name is Joel Martin and we're at the Brunswick Street Bookstore as usual. And I am joined as usual by my co-host Luke Manley. Luke, you've been feeling a little under the weather apparently. Yeah, a little bit, but I'll survive I suppose. Yeah? Well, if you do die during this podcast then it will make good entertainment. That's good to hear. Yes. You, your life served something in the yep. end, even if it served nothing. It hit, hit, hit the fame <laughs> at the end, that's right. That's right. So what have you been up to this week? Fame. Um, oh, oh, I've published, hang on, was that right before the last podcast or just now? I think it was probably, all right, yeah, all right. I've been writing the next episode then <laughs> yeah. of my story and I've been, I did a couple of reviews, been doing more music reviews on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed. Yep. My Twitter flooding, feed is... Flooding the market yes. with reviews of <laughs> all sorts of weird stuff, so mm-hmm. that's been fun. Have you ever thought of like going into that? Um, on a more large scale level, like music reviews, because you really like that stuff. I'm certainly putting out. The, I mean, I don't know if I want to go really deep into it because yeah. I'm not. I'm not a huge music critic, mm. but I definitely enjoy just sort of sharing music that I'm enjoying and right, right, and noticing interesting things about. So, so more just like on a terms of observational, not yeah, like observational, critical. which Twitter's good for. So yeah, so that's been yeah. good. A lot of things Twitter is mm. not good for, but yes. uh, the one thing it is... is like to, focusing and uh, yeah. writing. And, uh, <laughs> or to have <clears throat> any sort of subtlety within those characters is very difficult to pull off. <laughs> I always admire it when I see it. Um, our guest for today is Cassandra. Um, she is our first returning podcast guest. Uh, and like I said in my tweet, that actually means that people enjoy coming back and talking to us. Yeah, indeed um, I do. <laughs> so thank you for coming back, Cassandra. Thank you for having me. For those who don't know Cassandra's bio, um, Cassandra is an emerging writer and screenwriting student from Melbourne. She has had four short stories published to date, two in the Morning Bell, obviously, because <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> you can also find more about her work at www.cassandral.net. There's no space between the Cassandra and the L. Thank you for coming, Cassandra. Um, I did you say screenwriting, but actually you've done a lot of short stories. I've done a lot of short stories. Um, I have come into screenwriting via prose. So yeah. um, I guess in a way, screenwriting does feel a little bit like learning to walk all over again. <laughs> it's a yeah. whole bunch of new rules, new way of thinking. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely excited about it. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what have you been up to in the last week? Ah, uh, uni. Uni, just trying to get... Right. Um, we're at the end of semester at the moment, just trying to get everything done and yep. trying not to melt down in the process. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the light at the end of the tunnel is, is approaching. The end is nigh. Fantastic. I well, survive. I guess in all, in all of that study, I guess it's very tunnel vision, I suppose. You haven't had a lot of time for other activities. Yeah, it's... Um, and especially at this pointy end... Yeah. In the semester as well, basically, if, <laughs> unless it's serving mm. um, that that yeah. goal, like you know, <laughs> it's like cut it out, cut yeah. it out, 
you know, unless you're told, you know, oh, you must watch this film. It's important to what you're doing. Yep. Oh, yeah, not really got much time for much else, but... That's fair enough. Well, yeah. it's all writing in the end. Mm. Um, you know, I actually wanted to talk about something. I wanted to talk oh. about something because I've had something happen in the last week. Okay. This is like, you know, the back to school. It's like, you know, what ha- anything interesting happened in the last <laughs> week? Suddenly you? famous and we didn't realize it? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, oh, come on, Joel. You're hiding us, aren't you? I'm, I'm really hiding it. You know, somebody said something. You know, it's just funny. And I know this is it's a topic almost, but somebody said, and it, yeah, you know, reviews, right? You are hiding it now. Yeah, I am hiding somebody. Uh, well, I mean, these are anonymous internet people, so of course it's a somebody. Somebody said um, something, yep. <laughs> pretentious literary devices. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, I want to, I wanna, like, do... Do people actually look at things like when we talk about ideas or whatever um, and we talk, uh, I say something like, oh, the hero's journey of the wilderness experience. And somebody's like, mm, that means like next to nothing to me. It's just like another way of hiding a story within these convoluted terms and stuff like that. I don't know. I find it. I, and that was directed towards me. And that was something that I had said, right, in a review or something. And um I wax lyrical, I guess, about a specific thing. Um, but I don't know. I Wax I, lyrical, yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think, I don't think that's right, you know, in that way. I think it's the building blocks of writers to understand mechanics mm-hmm. behind writing. I think there's also a difference between uh, mechanics and building blocks of story and pretentious literary devices. Okay. Um, I guess the, you know, one of the classic cliches was, you know, it was all a dream. You know, that is completely different to, say, an underlying structure that's, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, strong and um, brings the story out. So I guess it depends exactly what they What that aiming. even means. Yeah. yeah, what that person intended to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, just trying to think of... Um, I'd probably put that down to a pretentious um, writing idea than the, the dream thing. Mm. Usually, when you get to the end of a book and you come across that, I mean, we all we've all been there. We get to the end, and but I just I just <laughs> get lost. <laughs> I just get lost. I think, oh, so you know, it wasn't relevant. It was. It didn't affect this character. In Are you talking about the series? Lost? Way. No, <laughs> because I was just about to say, wouldn't that have the same effect <laughs> at the end of that? <laughs> was um, that all the dream was? I haven't seen it. Uh, no, it was just. Um, it'd be weird. But pretentious, um, I suppose pretentious devices usually become more obvious in um, poetry, poetry and sort of more literary poetic. fiction. Not, not even, not so much poet and poetry alone, but poetry from really outgoing sort of. Um, I think pretentious is the word I want to use, but mm. it's not going to work. Um, extravagant sort of poets who want to push themselves out. But I mean, that's just more like purple prose, though, isn't it? Or purple um, verse. Like they're trying to paint themselves up to be something far more than it. It's just, it's, maybe it's interesting poetry, but it, the way that they're presenting mm. it is becoming pretentious. So maybe yeah. it's more the way that it's presented that is pretentious. Yeah, yeah. Rather than the literature itself. Uh, yeah, is there yeah. something else to all the, all the device what used, you meant? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like I don't know what that person meant, obviously, because again, <laughs> the it's the internet. Um, it wasn't oh. really explained, but yeah. 
yeah, like that got me thinking. It's like when we talk about, and I guess, I guess moving on from that criticism and not just focusing on it, but like looking at that and talking about, say, devices that we use in mm. storytelling. You know, I wonder if it comes across to the wider audience as that, you know. Or maybe they mean journalism. <laughs> Modern journalism. Is there such a thing? Well, I think um, as far as devices go, um, if you look at, you know, bring it back to, to screenwriting or film or television or something, I think audiences pick up very quickly yeah. when something was done for the purpose of mm -hmm. being clever, making a point, um, mm. getting to a place the writer wants to be that's not necessarily natural for the character to be. Um, right, yeah. I yeah. think even if they don't necessarily term it as pretentious literary device, they know that it's um Yeah, it's, it's, it's a off. bit right. Yeah, it's a bit off. Yeah. Something smells wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I do think audiences notice, but they may not. Um, use the vocabulary yeah, that yep. you know writers may use, yeah. and that's perhaps where that pretentious comment yep, yep. from your anonymous internet <laughs> friend. Um, like yeah. they think there's a story, but really all it is is a point that's been garnished. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think um, we were talking to Andrew McDonald, uh, the children's author, uh, a few podcasts ago, and he was talking about, um, and even with Michael Pryor, you know, we were talking about. Uh, putting messages in for kids in stories like how they both said you know kids can pick up very quickly that there's a message that's trying mm. to be said not a story that's trying to be told yeah. um and uh my word's not theirs i'm just paraphrasing but <laughs> um yeah th that was interesting that was my week i guess <laughs> a very odd uh dream filled week um thinking about stream you know, of consciousness yeah <laughs> thinking about those kinds of ideas and i guess Frame of mind's been a bit different because I've been writing uh, a particular story, and I guess we'll talk a bit about that in the writing section because that's the topic for the day is writing. Uh, we haven't done that in a while, and I thought, <laughs> hey, returning guests, why don't we do that, yep. do what we do? Um, but it's it's more been more flashback sequences, dreams, and things like that. Uh, so I guess this thing hit a nerve, I guess, and it was like, I wonder if that's actually um, a concept people think of, but that's interesting. And I think it also depends on what you're consuming as well you know if i go to a um you know junky hollywood trashy um thriller yeah i just yeah, want to yeah. watch stuff explode and you're people just like shoot <laughs> at each other and if i'm suddenly hit with you know a great big um <laughs> mo you know moral <laughs> philosophical monologue in the middle of this you're otherwise like, trashy shoot 'em up okay. film then i'm gonna go oh wait you know, are you trying to spoon feed me something here? Why, why is yeah. this happening? But if I go to, you know, an art house film by you, an yeah, auto director who, you know, had a very... I mean, last night we watched, in one of my classes last night, we watched a um, Roy Anderson, is a Swedish, quite surrealist um, director. And, you know, my brain was hurting because there was <laughs> lots of little, little things that never really quite resolved, but yeah. it was so engrossing that... Um, you know, I understood that's the world I was going into, and there were some very specific devices in framing and color, mm. but I understood that was yeah. the film that I was watching. Yeah. So, you know, I think you have to, you know, instead of being worried about, oh, am I, you know, am I, you know, is my audience going to, mm. you know, pick up on that? Um, consider, 
you know, if the reasons for you doing it are strong, then yeah. I don't think you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Very true. I think it's time we move into movies. Yep. As you've just sort of went into yeah. the movies, we've gone, gone nice segue. Segue. very <laughs> natural. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Luke, what have you been watching? Have you watched anything? Oh, uh, well, I've got a list here. I'm you better have a how many list. hours you want me to go okay. short. So I've, prepared. Yeah, go go more <laughs> than me because I'll have very. I, I kind of went bananas with the um, films oh, this yeah. this fortnight. I went into World Wars and got stuck there. So okay, um, Battle of the Bulge. Nope. Is that an actual movie? That's it a sounds movie, like it is a movie. It? I think okay, it is. I haven't I haven't seen it, no. Okay. <laughs> um Valkyrie was good one movie yeah, from, yeah, from within the within the German ranks itself. Very good for humanizing the Germans. Yeah. Um I've you don't see a lot of films like that. Yeah. Um there are a couple, but there are a couple there's a couple humanizing of good, the a couple Nazis? of good ones. Oh, humanizing, humanizing the Germans. <laughs> very different. Well, <laughs> not humanizing the Nazis really because it's the Germans kind of against the yeah, Nazis. Yeah, yeah. So again, You're showing that. Not that the resistance. Nazis themselves were all bad obviously, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're still people. They're just following. Yeah. And but Valkyrie was yeah. in it's a, based on a true story. Mm. Um I enjoyed that movie. What do you think of uh Tom Cruise? Uh his role? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good at. I was. I thought it was good. It was a good role. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It was uh, going from front of the line, giving up all of his limbs for Germany, to yeah. turning around and saying, "Well, you guys, you're doing the wrong thing." Yeah, yeah. But you also, you know where it's going. Like in that story, you know, it's a problem because when you ever watch anything historical, you kind of know where it's going to end up. But is it a problem, or is it like sort of interesting in that it's way? It's interesting again it, because of the humanizing effect of it, and it was showing like the that there were um, movements against because like, a lot of, uh, some people, anyways, maybe not a lot of people, but there are people out there who would say all the Nazis are bad, all the Germans are bad, right? Yeah. And you know why didn't they do anything to stop themselves? And they tried. There were there were tribes like attempts yeah, like Valkyrie. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of other. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a I don't recall German yet. director who. Um, has, and I'm kicking myself because I'm trying to remember the name of the film. Um, she was a university student in Munich and she mm. spearheaded, is it S- uh, Sophie Moll or something like that? Mm. I just want to get my phone out and IMDb it. I IMDb <laughs> everything now. Um, but yeah, he's made quite a few films about um, German resistance, either against the Nazis or against the um the east west like the stasi mm-hmm. or yeah. um similar control on the western mm. side um so yeah his films uh, uh, that was a that was a tears at the end film it was yeah. really affecting um please someone google it and look <laughs> it up cuz it's worth it yep um so yeah, it is interesting to get that other perspective, and I think mm. now that we've had the distance of time, we can look at things. We can a start lot to more. look at things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even movies like Downfall. Yes, you know, very very famous. That couldn't have been made. Well, what a good film as well! Like yeah. really well done. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So Valkyrie, uh, Saving Private Ryan. I haven't watched that before. So wow, that was, you're really going through time. the list. Like, yep. <laughs> um, I'm trying to go in chronological order, but All I'm probably right. not quite hitting it right um, uh-huh. because then I've got Schindler's List, but that was a bit before both yeah, of yeah, those. No, really, right. <laughs> that's probably before both of them. But it covers the whole yeah. the whole war. Really, it goes to the end where they're freed. Mm. So, um, uh, Schindler's List, Unbroken, which was a Japanese 
Um, oh, yes, the Japanese cast. Look, so that, take a look at the Japanese that side was, of it. Um, yeah. Angelina Jolie's directorial debut, wasn't it? It was so. definitely done by her. I'm not sure. It could be the de- debut, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was right. Yeah. It, what, I mean, what did you think of Unbroken? Uh, I think like Schindler's List and Private Ryan. I don't think there's much to um, <laughs> discuss that hasn't already been already said. But um, it was good. It was strong. It sort of it followed the characters well enough. Mm. Um, it showed things they went. Through. I mean, it's kind of a classic war story. Yeah. Though, yeah the same. Okay. It's the same kind of structure is a lot of the other war stories where they start off all kind of, you know, cocky and ready to do whatever and yeah, then they yeah. get a bit scared because they've seen something and then they and then they Yeah, yeah. They see even worse things and it's like horrific things mm-hmm. in the war and I mean so it goes through that kind of classic um war movie um, Motif, yeah. structure if yeah. you will. But it was good. It was good. I had I hadn't really seen much of the Japanese side of the war. I didn't realize that there were mm. the same kind of. I mean, <laughs> I should be reading, not watching movies for that, shouldn't I? But, <laughs> but um, a lot of I our... wasn't aware that there were there were prison camps in Japan. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, and to that extent as well. To, um, have you seen with... Unbroken, Cassandra? No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it. Um, like uh, on TV and like uh, on the cinemas for like ad- advertising and stuff mm. like that. And I read up a, a little bit about that. Um, uh, and I think people went in like, you know, backing the director or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's just it's Angelina Jolie, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, from what I've heard and what I've read and mm-hmm. also what you said, seems like it's a solid film. I would I would say it's a little bit too much on the strength of one person though. Yeah, like yeah. for for a lot of the people in the war, it was kind of a group trying to keep themselves yeah. with the morale, especially in the prison camps. That they would keep themselves up, but this was very, very focused on this one a solitary hero. Who's I mean, he's on the cover too. He's like holding some heavy thing, and he yeah, just yeah. continues to hold it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, it's very focused on that one person, and that I would put that. I would say that that's a downside mm-hmm. because yeah, a lot of again, a lot of the war is kind of people holding themselves But do you think together. that was just the kind of story it was? Or do you think they cut out... Yeah, it, it was the story it was, but again, I think that was a downside to it. Yeah. It, it could have been more... Um, more uh, group-oriented in mm-hmm. that in that situation. Um, because there was definitely another character involved uh, yeah. who was a close friend to the other. He just wasn't as mentioned very much yeah, yeah. Focusing during on the film. So, yeah, struggle. Um which is unfortunate because it was it would have been a better film to include more interaction mm-hmm. there. Um, then I went kind of to the bazaar and I watched Full Metal Jacket, which is very <laughs> it's it's good, mm. but it's bad at the same time. So it's okay. like a really it's really kind of it feels like it's directed poorly, but it's a very good film for Cassandra, the for what it does. Jump in because I know you're going to. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, no, I don't know how much to say about it because now I think about it, it's been a long time since I've mm, seen it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I found it quite mind blowing when yeah, I did yeah. see it. Um, one film um, I did see recently, and I'd like to go back and compare the two. I hadn't actually seen um, Apocalypse Now until yeah, fairly yeah. recently, so I'd like to see the two of them side by side mm. um, just to get a sense. Because I think at the time those films were made yeah. um yeah there was a, a quite a different um push for the war film mm. um yeah mm. it's definitely 
yeah, not not a, a glorious pursuit. <laughs> anything in that that whole Vietnam War. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now that you've said about it being poorly directed, I'd like to to go back and watch it watch again. again because I, I didn't get that sense. To yeah. Be honest. What do you think? What do you think caused that? Like, why do you? think I think you the way that, that it was presented, especially the start, was very kind of. It felt like it was a new director. Maybe it wasn't. I'm 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 sure it wasn't. But yeah. uh, it felt kind of like a, it was done on an amateur way. But then, I'm not saying the, the film overall was really good. The way yeah. that it presented the war was really good. But just kind of the way that it started out and the way that it presented like individual people at mm. the start was. I was um, a bit confused as to yeah. why it was like that, but possibly yeah. just personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be the arty sort of thing, but I didn't think it was a very arty film either. It was yeah, it yeah. was certainly strong, but it wasn't what I would call arty. Artistic, yeah. Um, but that's that's my list for now. I better not put any more in. I, probably, <laughs> I do have some more. Uh, there was actually a... Um, TV series on World War Two that I was looking up as well, and oh, was that the um, is that the one directed? Like oh, no, Honor, Honor of Brothers or something? Or no, 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 it's uh, HBO. Oh, not Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers. That sounds right. Is that HBO? I think so. Okay. Yeah, well, that's so. one I was thinking of. Then, yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I could go into that a bit. It starts off with each episode with like a little discussion into slash interview with people who are actually in the war. Mm. Which is quite interesting, and then it goes into like a, a full blown episode with yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, fully acted scenes and everything. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, I only got a couple of episodes in, but it's it's good. Interesting. Um, um, I can't really say anything about character development. It certainly shows the trauma of war, though. Like All a right. Lot. <laughs> It'd be interesting to come back to you and see what your thoughts of that. If you if continue I get to further watch in, it. I'm not sure. I will. Yeah. We'll see how far I get there with that. If you continue, um, Cassandra. Can you match that list? Oh, I can't match that list. <laughs> at can I? Once um, while I was in this, really. No, oh, it's been, uh, yeah, fortunately, you know, with full time work and yeah. uni, it's been eating my life. Um, mm. On the weekend, partially for fun, partially for an assignment, um, I rewatched um, The Thing mm-hmm. and uh, Tetsuo Iron Man. Yep, yep. It's a rather bizarre. Sort of cyberpunk. You can say that Japanese <laughs> film. Um, so yeah, I mean that a lot of fun. And um, oh, just trying to think, what else have I watched? Um, so uh, seen a couple of interesting things at the cinema, which are a bit more obscure. But um, at Nova, um, yeah, at Nova saw a um, Australian Bhutanese co production and there was a Q&A with the director at oh, the wow. end, which that was really fascinating. Bhutan's yeah, yeah. an interesting place that we don't hear very much about. And, um, yeah, the film was set in the, the 70s and the 80s um, just as roads were starting to be built mm, yeah. and cars were just starting to appear. And it was a really fascinating look at everyday life. And I had one of the actresses down and in the Q&A I asked, oh, you know, how well did the film do in Bhutan? And they said, oh, not very well. Everyone found it boring. We <laughs> want to watch fun stories. We don't want to watch stories about everyday people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting that we were all really fascinated by what they find really boring. Yeah. So, um, I also saw a documentary about a group of artists and scientists that um, they're now parts of Greenland that were no 
were previously unnavigable because mm-hmm. of ice and because the ice is all melting, they can actually get ships in there. Yep, yeah. And um, yeah, that was um, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, especially seeing how the scientists and the artists all interacted with each other and um, yeah, some really nice friendships and nice bonds um, and yeah, just a really well-made documentary. You mm-hmm. really got um, a yeah, really good sense of the people, the place, the relationships, um, how um, a mate, like, a little bit you know, fascinated with the you know, Arctic and the Antarctic. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, that was, yeah, especially to see that on the big screen, that was at Acme. All right. Um, yep, yep. So, yeah, that was, yeah, really interesting. Hmm. So. All right. Well, for me, there's nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I asked Luke, and like, you better fill it up. Uh. And he, he did it well. Um, <laughs> now, I've been occupied with you know, you know it's interesting like when you pursue like i guess an artistic life or when you write a lot um you've got a lot of media already like you're pumping out media so trying to consume media media is, is difficult i find yeah um yeah. trying to focus on anything else for for uh even extended period of time feels like uh, a drain almost because yeah. you've already you know invested <laughs> so much in your own writing and stuff um, that's your mind like, is kind of in this yeah, exactly. setting already. You don't feel like you're, you're completely swirling out. around your head. Yeah, you're not making it any better. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that can be a trap because you get so sucked into your own little world. Little world, you yeah, lose perspective. Um, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned come from a prose background, so yeah. You know, there's been times where, um, you know, just sat down to, you know, take a couple of weeks off work, and I'm just going to pump out a novel draft. Yep. 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 And I've just, you know, I stop reading, I stop watching, mm. I just, you know, I've got two weeks, write as much as I can. And usually about halfway through, I get to a breaking point and my writing's stuck. And I'll just sit down, I'll just put a film on, even something I've seen a million times. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like this brand new, fresh perspective. perspective. Then, it's, yeah. I don't it's know. like your brain's got some drink of water in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fresh again. Yeah. It's not stale. Yeah. Mm. It. I haven't reached that point yet. I think mm. I have a, a high-breaking point, like get to the point where it's like, all right, that's it. Um, and some writers can go for years just, you know, writing and writing. Sometimes produce the most brilliant things ever, and sometimes mm. they just don't. But, you know, it's personal, I guess. Um, but I've wanted to see a movie, and I didn't get the chance to go to the cinemas and see a movie called Ex Machina. Um, oh, I've heard so much about that. I've heard a lot about yeah. it and uh, really interested because mm. I hear that um, we were talking about pretentious literary devices. Apparently that film has a surprising lack of that when dealing or talking about topics like AI, artificial mm. intelligence, and the idea of like human contact and what that is and what that could be in a more um, mature and sophisticated way than I think a lot of other films have done so far. Um, so that's what I've heard. And yeah, yeah. I've, everyone I've spoken to has said, good said that it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely really keen. Is it only at the Nova in here, down here in Melbourne? I don't know. I, it could, no, it's definitely, it's not at Heights. I know that. Mm. Um, I don't know if Village has it, but, yeah, uh, Palace might. Yeah. I know it got really, uh, well reviewed and well, you know, a large audience actually in America, like it did well. Wow. Um, and like mainstream audiences were watching that, which is really good. 
Um, yeah. uh, like other films like Chappie and things like that didn't do, um, I think, as well. I could mm. be wrong on that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I wanted to see that. And I, I hope it's still on because I would I like to go. I think it might be because yeah, one of my friends I was talking to last night said he saw it during the week. Yeah. So, yeah, Ex Machina, that's a film I really want to see. So maybe next week I get to come back and I get to talk about that. That'll be a treat. Yeah. Um, well, next session we'll talk about that then. Um, yep. Let's move on to what we're writing then. All right, fantastic. Why don't you start us off, Luke? Oh, gosh. <laughs> You're the one who's been writing all week solidly and you throw it at me. I <laughs> mean, yeah, but I can't talk, um, have a good perspective of my own. Oh, writing. yes, uh, yes. Well, I don't know. I would probably turn that around and say you can actually get a better, like you can get get a perspective within your own writing if you if you stay in it for a while. Mm. Uh, especially if you're setting yourself inside one character. You're brewing, yeah. You're kind of brewing and within that story instead of like, pulling all these other things into it because mm. i mean there's always the planning and then the writing but yeah sometimes it's it pays to sit down and keep going. I, I like to do it in blocks but but um I and done i a lot of that. talking about blocks you write in a it's a series of sorts the ones you, the one you're currently writing yeah i thought it was going to be little sort of standalone episodes but it's definitely becoming an episodical um what do you call it? An episodical way of publishing a novella. So yeah. it's it's either going to be a novella or a little bit longer. I'd say it's only mm. going to be a novella, but um, what is it? Five chapters in? Four Five chapters chap- in? Yeah. Four published chapters, I think. Yep. So that's good. How are you finding it? Are you finding the story changing? Are you more of a, we've asked this question to a lot of writers, but are you a planner <laughs> or are you a pantser? I'm a pantser. pantser um, yeah. Definitely pantser. Um, I Did definitely you think do some was... planning. I yeah. do some planning. Some of it's just like in my head. I don't. I never map it out. Yep, yep. Like I never map out the whole episode, definitely yeah. not. But um, sometimes I'll map out something I need to um, address in some area of the world because it's all epic fantasy, right? Yeah, it's got yeah. to fit in somehow. Um, Do you think where you're at currently in the story was what you expected out of your no, characters? No, not really. Story? <laughs> not really. No. Um, um, actually, that brings me to something I was yeah going to mention. Um, I've just just gone into the head of someone who no longer has a tongue and I don't know how to write that. Ooh. That's very... Um, this brings up lots of memories of like good writing and things like that. Wait, somebody doesn't have a tongue? No, we're talking. Obviously, <laughs> a lot of times. Um, but um, that's something that I was going to mention because is it possible... Um, now, this is more theoretical than mm. as a direct question from me, but is it possible, do you guys think, to write some a character who has such a disability like for instance losing an entire arm or a tongue or an eye legitimately is it possible for someone someone like us who's got all their limbs and everything to write that legitimately i think one of the good things these days about the internet is a lot of people put their own stories online um there are a lot of people who have you know various disabilities or various conditions mm. um, who are sharing their story and are actually happy to talk to people. So I think there are definitely ways to do it um, you mm-hmm. know, sensitively. Um, you know, again, so it's not just a de- you know pretentious literary <laughs> device. It's become a thing. Um, you know, so it's not just you know the whole point of the character is that they have no arm or something. Yeah, that yeah, they are yeah. full rounded people. Um, mm. I think there are definitely um, 
full rounded characters, maybe I should say. That did sound a little insensitive. But mm. we know what I mean. Yes, like no pun intended. Controller or something. Is that, yeah. that's yeah. No pun intended. No, no yeah. pun intended. Continue. Um, so, yeah, but that is something that I, I do think about, and especially, um, you know, different races as well, mm. um, mm-hmm. different ethnicities, um, you know, different um, nationalities, different. Um, socioeconomic levels, um, you know, at times you think, oh, you know, am am I allowed to say this? I think, <laughs> and, and this is something for me, like, looking at it, right, and off that question, mm. it feels to me like I don't think you can ever truly understand it or mm. be able to express it, but I think that's fine. You know, I think it's fine uh, to approximate, I think it's fine to try and put yourself in, in you know, immerse yourself you as much as possible. Still try and do it with yeah. poetic justice to it. For instance, you know, I'm a non-white person, uh, and I've spent my entire life among white people <laughs> um, or European people, people of European descent. Um, does that mean I can't write a European character? Well, spoilers: I've written only European characters <laughs> in nearly everything I've ever written, um, but. You know, does that mean I'll all, you know, really understand the complexities of the European <laughs> brain? I don't know even what that means because um, I think uh, Cassandra is as, as qualified to write about me as I'm to write about Cassandra's race. Because in my opinion, I feel like approximation is all we can do, you know. Um, yes, we're never going to understand the intricacies, but I think I think that's the beauty of the writing, Um and it's that understanding the difference between race and ethnicity as well. Yeah. Um, you know, especially, you know, here in Australia, we're quite multicultural. Mm. We don't, say, have the same um, the same preconceptions, of, say, um, in America, yeah. where um, issues of race are, even today, incredibly yeah. heated in yeah, some places. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certainly been situations where things that, um, you know, don't have the same um, context here in Australia. Mm. Um, I guess, you know, one pointed one, coon cheese. Yeah. You know, for us, that's just cheese. That's just in America, that's, that's kind of offensive. Yeah, don't say that. You don't thing. say yeah. that. So, um, you know, again, it's, um, you know, understanding the context as well um Mm. as as long as you understand where you're writing from why you're writing from you know do you want to (laughs) write this character because you think um you know japanese people are really cool because i watched a bunch of (laughs) you know um i watched bleach that makes them cool (laughs) you know or is it you know this is who my character is, yeah. this is, you know. Um, I think as long as your characters are as close to real people as possible yeah, yeah, and not, um, you know, objects, devices. Uh, I think that's the word of the day, mm, device. I think so. You know, um, you know I think, what, yeah, one of one of our teachers said, oh, again, I can't remember who they were referencing, it was some workshop or something, mm. um, I said, you know, even the character that, you know, walks in to deliver the report on the desk, even that that person who is on screen for two seconds is a real person. You know, that person has had 
a crappy day or that person <laughs> really wants to impress the boss by giving them the report, this person is a real person. They are just delivering a document. Mm. But you, every single character you put on screen is a real person, no matter how long they're on there. Mm. So that's how you should you know, approach these yeah. things. Uh, I think that's a, that's one of the most beautiful liberties of writing fantasy is you don't have to think of the specific racial things that are in the current world. Yeah, exactly. You have that liberty. <laughs> you can, you I can guess. create their own sort of racial tensions in the in the world, mm. and and maybe it'll still echo with reality. In yeah, this yeah. World. And, and I think that's and the usually point. that's what it's. Yeah, it's a good fantasy thing to is have always an echo of it. But yeah, fantasy is always like a representation of. Uh, Reality, I mm-hmm. guess, and yep. finding a way to deal with reality. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, I think a famous writer said. But um, no, it, that's an interesting idea. But like through that, like what got you on that idea of like that character? You just oh, that's the character, one of the characters that I've um, actually is, is it gone an into the head that's, of so. that's um, uh, gained in the story. Yes. Or is it? Oh, yes. well, that so makes it even more difficult. Yes, I think. that's it's very tricky because it's. Um, uh, trying to write it from the head of the character who's just had this happen because it wouldn't really work to write it outside of the head because no one can actually yeah. get the communication. But, um, well, that, that's, yeah. Th- that's so it's, a, it's an interesting thing I've been playing with, but, um, mm. I mean, one thing, um, and as far as losing a tongue, um, with a lot of smoking related cancers, a lot of people have, yeah. um, lost their tongue uh we had an admin assistant at my first high school um um who did through smoking lose her tongue she would Mm. actually come around and speak to classes about you know what it's like for her and um you know why you shouldn't smoke basically to scare scare (laughs) high school kids into to putting the attention um government pays extra if you're gonna scare kids out of smoking right (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah you know if you can find accounts of how people have dealt with that situation i mean Mm. uh, is your character lost tongue um as a message because you've spoken too much or Or rather seen too much or you know um yeah you know not a lot of people get their tongues cut out Mm. in violence these days but um Certainly, it, it is something that does happen to people, and you mm. know, if you can get an idea of what life is like for them, then you've got a better chance of being more authentic. Yeah, um, inside that character's head. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anybody else? Well, what you been, you've been writing a lot. I've been writing so a lot. Um, we'll get to you last then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um. No. I think currently, like, you know, as I was saying earlier, I've been writing for the last uh, two weeks, like, straight and on a series of um, novellas, I guess, um, put out the last one. And I was just about to say that was a really good uh, advertisement for your uh, for your short stories, Luke. <laughs> I don't think you intended it that way, but f- uh, check uh, check out the Soul Shard Chronicles if you want to see what happens to this character. Mm. Um, but, no... Um, with the series that I'm writing, it's a lot more introspective than the writing I've done previously. Um, and I think in, in writing this story, I, I wanted to focus less on narrative uh, and more on characters, emotional and psychological journeys. And I've, mm. it, you know, every book does that to a certain extent, you know, and 
um, through actions or whatever that they go through. Um, but I wanted to focus on characters that are, have um, the, the both characters have the, are very similar in the fact that they share uh, regret, uh, and everyone has regrets over something. So I'm trying to think. Okay, we can take a regret that some one of us have and and magnify that and make it define their entire life. You know that that moving past that regret is so difficult for them. Mm. Now this is contained within a fantasy story, and um, I wanted to make it so that the fantasy, the elements, the uh, world, all that plays uh, second fiddle, I guess, to these characters because I wanted to make it think like. If you're this character, you're not going to be thinking about the high dragon on the misty mountains of Gogthal or whatever, you know? Unless the regret was about unless the dragon. You got, unless your family members get killed by the <laughs> giant misty mountain Gogthal or whatever. Um, but yeah, in that way, um, it's, it's really boiling down the essence of the story to these two characters and the people around them and putting one character as a foreigner um, putting that character in a world he knows little about, so he's very much the eyes of the the audience, I guess. And another character is established in that setting, and I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, it's it's a lot more taxing than I think the other, because I guess because you're thinking of emotions all the time, you're thinking about bringing out emotion. Sometimes you can push it a bit too far, and sometimes you can make mistakes. Mm. It's and sometimes characters can become so introspective that the story just like. Dies. Yeah, it's a tricky line <laughs> yeah. to walk. And it's also a risk going the other way, yep. which is often my problem. Yeah. I've been told I'm great with action, not so great with emotion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Really? Is that an actual thing? Like the people have said. Yeah. I got that feedback in the past two weeks. You know, I wouldn't have picked that though. Really? I wouldn't have picked that, no. And I guess this is a bit of like handy workshopping <laughs> in the middle of a But no, I, I almost think not. Like, see, and and this this is actually very interesting because I think um, by showing like visible emotion or showing um, like obvious signs of emotion, you're almost doing the readers a disservice. Like, and I think that's what you do a lot is that you, you're very subtle with the emotion, as if you imply emotion, mm. you don't show it. Very yeah, clearly. But I guess if you're too subtle, it might not be picked up. That, that's true as well, yeah. So, um, you need a better workshop group then. Pachow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not really sure you know, how to, yeah. to... I guess as long as... Um, I mean, I guess, how much moving, yeah. in a sense, are your characters... Moving through space. Moving through space, moving through time, yeah. um, even if it's within a very tight world, like yeah. a village or something. Mm. Um, you know, are they just, you know, sitting in their room being introspective? Yeah, or yeah. are they doing things while being see, that's, introspective? See, that's difficult, isn't it? Like, yeah. With a lot of the the current, you know, the story that I'm in, um, because the regret comes from memory that they don't want to, um, and I, I, I guess I'm, it's not amnesia, it's not to that extent, right? But to a certain extent, we all 
block out memories we don't want to think about, um, you know, consciously. Mm. Um, and sometimes unconsciously, you know, we just knock it off. We don't want mm. to think about those things. Um, and in this effect, I guess this character's, um, that that uh, struggle is made to be um, a physical thing. So he actually goes to uh, somebody who, and this is where like sort of the fantastic elements of like a, a former priest. And you don't really know if that there's anything mystical or magical going on or whether it's just, he's finally accepted this and given into the dream and fully unexplored the problems that he's going through mm. or whether it is really just like voodoo magic or whatever that somebody tossed on his head or something that you don't know, but it's not about that. You know, mm. it's not about, it's about that journey, but you're right. A lot of, I think the, the regret and the flashback sequences are done through well flashback sequences, but not in the point of he sat mm. and he thought about that time when he rode through, you know, mm. it's like, I'm trying to avoid that. Yeah. But I'm also trying to make it so that the present and the past, blend to the point where i want the reader to do a double take when i want the reader to think wait are we thinking in the past or the present Mm. here but i think that's dangerous as well it is dangerous um it has to be done so cleverly and clearly because it's a fine line between um having your audience intrigued and having your audience outright confused and they're just like i (laughs) yep done yeah so, um, I'm sorry, I'm just a bit lost. Is this on the um, script side or the short story side? On the short stories with, with like melding a character. So mm-hmm. like in a script, you know, with a flashback sequence in a script, um, it's almost harder, I guess, because there's a physical trans- uh, like a mm. transition between scenes. Like you can see the past and the present. You know things that are different. Mm. In, mm. A, in, a, in a short story, though, with like my flashback sequences, mm-hmm. trying to meld that... Um, past and present and mesh it to the point where the reader doesn't know whether he's in the past at a certain point or whether he's in the present. And then after you get to the end of that memory, you go, okay, I'm very sure that was the past. And then you you go back into the present. Um, And I think that's the struggle. That's the battle that I'm having, like trying to make that as convincing as possible. Hmm. Have you ever tried like, like working in flashbacks and in memories and things like that, Luke? Um... Actually, I've just done that in the latest in the section <laughs> You're with, full this, of segues with this today. tongue person. You know, the person yeah. who just lost their tongue is. Yeah. It's not. It's not like really, really long flashbacks of a whole life yeah. or anything. At which maybe I need to put in for a tongue person. But yeah. But um. Uh, definitely been using some. I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks mm. generally, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 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 convinced that I like using them in my own writing. See, neither am I. Yeah. And, like, I want to use it anyway because I feel like because I'm not convinced of, like, a flashback because I feel it's almost like cheating. Um, you're, like, you're giving up subtlety so you might show the reader. Um, mm. I don't know. I It's because of that, I guess, I wanted to explore it. Yeah. yeah it com- To me, it comes down to, like, dream sequences. And I really hate dream sequences. The flashbacks, I'm okay with. But dream sequences are really done. Like I hate, I hate anything dreamy because mm. it's never, it never seems to line up with anything that should dreams be in are the actually. Story. Yeah. Dreams are always quite not clear, mm. unclear. Yeah. They're murky, they're messy, murky. and often memories get real twisted in dreams. Even even if somebody has a dream that is relevant to their life, 
it won't be directly relevant. It's not because one to it's one. it's your con- subconscious bringing in your own emotions into it. So um, unless it's prophetic, which is you know let's not go there right now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and for dreams, it's often is this relevant to the story, and yeah. mm. it's rare to find that answer being a yes. Yeah. Um, which you know, bring about that's quite often a. What I would definitely say oh, is no, here comes. Yep, here it comes. Indulgent yeah. literary device. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- almost a pretentious one. A pretentious yeah, almost indulgence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, flashbacks I have used in the past, mm. but that's because I've wanted to tell a parallel story. Yeah, where I've wanted the reader to discover a the event which has happened elsewhere in the past and the character involved in that event trying to deal with the fallout back in their hometown today. But that was a very clear um, structure Mm. that I had in mind and the flashbacks um, were all in italics. You knew exactly we were in the past. Um, This was quite a few years ago. I can't remember if I used... I think I even used first person for the present day mm. and third person for the so to make it like really so it strong, was really strong. But yeah. the whole idea was that the reader was discovering essentially two stories in tandem yeah. that yep. related to each other. So that was when I sat down to write a very clear decision. Um, but that's not really going to help you with your... (laughs) I've never attempted anything like that. And I think think there's bound to be, like, mistakes. Or, like, not even mistakes, but just where I've crossed the line. I think that's inevitable. Mm. Um, But... uh, Have you found examples of others? Like, with with this sort of melding of, like, to that Mm. extent, no. Like, perhaps some Philip K. Like, Philip K. Dick is close, but... It's, it's still more a bit reality obvious. Rather yeah. than flashback. Yeah, 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 Stream yeah. of consciousness literature mm. would have something similar to like it. that, but because a lot of that will actually sort of put them yeah. in them again. But like but, thinking, but in a way, in these memories, like these memories, like they're very much part of the that person's current thoughts and like their current actions. And it's not like I picked up an apple back in the day. I picked up an apple mm. too. It's not like that, you know. Mm. Um, but it's. It's an emotional connection between the past and, and the present. That's what I've been struggling with and enjoying the struggle. Mm. But mm. Cassandra, um, what about your writing? What about my writing? Oh, yeah. it's this has been hard almost all all semester because I've picked up mostly uh, industry and yeah. editing type subjects. <laughs> so I have not had much chance to do my yeah. own creative work, which I'm finding incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still constantly getting ideas. I have, um, um, I use this program called Evernote. I don't know yes. if uh, anyone yes. else is using yeah. it. It's yep. great. Um, I am. I have a little notebook that is just um, constant ideas. Yeah. Uh, even had another one on the train on Monday night. Yeah, oh, yeah. This would make such a great animated short <laughs> film. Oh, Ugh. I have no time to work on it. Um, I do have four weeks break coming up, during which I need to. And that's your writing, yeah. Now my writing, but <laughs> yeah. I need to second draft my feature film, mm-hmm. which, as it currently stands, is 120 pages. So that's going to be mm. a big ask. Quite the um, task. 
what I really would like to do is get a couple of short film scripts down. I've yep. got one that's just about ready to go. I'd like to give it another pass. Mm-hmm. And I have two other ideas that are really strong that I can pretty much pitch. So yep. I'd like to have a script to actually <laughs> go with that pitch. <laughs> Work on, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've got, um, you know, I just, you know, I've got all the you know, synopsis down. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's just me a case of putting it down because I would actually like to, in the next 12 months, 12, 18 months, start to get things made. I'd like mm. to have some short films out there on the screen. Sounds um, good. It sounds incredibly intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brave new world for me. Um, but, yeah, a lot of my other classmates have already made films or yeah. are just embarking on it right now um, with crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, like Kickstarter. Kickstarter, and Possible. Possible, yeah. Um, it's a lot more possible. Um, wow. I, I'm really bad tonight. You know, it's, a, it's yeah. um, you know, a lot easier yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. get things off the ground. And not feel like you're stuck doing a certain thing. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, racking up a million credit card <laughs> debts. <laughs> you know. Yes. So, um, you know, through the generous um, nature of others, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's... It's now seeming like one of those things that is not insurmountable. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my, my grand plan. But, yeah, I would – I have so many things up my sleeve just waiting. Just bubbling. I'm just bubbling. Yep. Um, there's a true crime from the 1930s story that I'd like to pursue um, and I'd actually like to go over to South Australia to do a bit of research. Yeah. Um, which I was hoping to do that this year, mm. but I just have not had the time. Not the time, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I think that would make a great mini-series, but have been encouraged by um, my teachers to consider perhaps publishing it as a true crime book first, and then you All have right. rights to that story. That's true, yep. So, um, you know, I've never written... Um, I don't write non-fiction as mm. such, um, so that would be a huge challenge and that's something I would, you know, really like to, to I'd do. I'm quite curious, yeah. Yeah. So, but. Interesting. Yeah, when I, when I have time. That's it. Well, when you have that out, we'll bring you back on mm. to talk about uh, it. <laughs> yeah, if that, if that ever happens. Yes. But no, it definitely sounds interesting. Mm. Like, yeah, like adaptation of, mm. um, a true story, something like that. Sounds daunting. It does, it does, but um, I don't want to give too much away. Imagine all the real people involved you've got to think about. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing I'm really, um, I'm really concerned about because you know, the, there is very little information out there. What, mostly what there is is on Trove, which mm. is the mm-hmm. um, National Archive of Newspapers. It was a huge sensation at the time and has dropped off since then. There yeah. is almost nothing about the case. So it's a lot um, of digging then. A lot of digging. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, other two people involved, um, they would have been teenagers at the time, so mm. slim possibility. If they were still alive, I guess they would be well, them, 80s family or 90s. Members but, you know, family members, did they, you know, do they have descendants? 
Um, where are they? There's a lot of tracking. A lot of yeah. tracking. Well, if no one's alive, it's easy. You can write it easy. <laughs> <laughs> no one to offend. There's no one yeah. to offend. Yeah, There's no yeah. one to like say, hey, that's not how it was. But I mean, that's a really big deal. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of writers have like spouses, relationships, ex, you know, it's it's yeah. tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really struggling with the ethics of it because mm. um, mm. it is a fascinating story, and. If you read over the newspaper accounts, they're so sensational and yeah, yeah. it seems that everyone's got a different perspective. I don't think the truth of the event was yeah. has ever fully come out. So, so is your mm-hmm. job to find the truth or find the best kind of truth? Like the most palatable yeah, truth. That's the... <laughs> yeah, that's... That sounds really scummy to say. It does but... sound really yeah. scummy to say, but I, I mean, if it was fiction, I know how I would frame it. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, you know, filling in the the colours or drawing mm, between yeah. the dots. I don't know whatever mixed metaphor. I'm <laughs> it's been a very long day. Um, <laughs> you know, I I feel how I think the story played out based on the information I have. But yeah. if I had more information, would that mm, um, change. opinion change? Mm. So. Yeah, it's... Um, you could even get um, opinion from psychologists yeah. on that too. It doesn't even have to be like an eyewitness. Mm. But um, psychologists... Trying to like decipher like psychologist's, emotion, um, yeah. like observation of the story yeah. that is in the newspaper, for yeah. instance. Mm. Yeah, good yeah. point. Like um, yeah, forensic psychologists yeah. or... Um, yeah. And I'm sure there must be... Um, records in the public archives somewhere because it was a huge a huge deal at the time yeah um so mm. yeah getting um i think it's going to be my summer holiday project sounds good yeah sounds I'll, really really intriguing yeah. um but i think that sort of brings us to the end um wow <laughs> yeah it's been <laughs> almost a full hour <laughs> chewed up so those quickly. minutes yeah that's it no I, I had no idea and then I looked and I was like whoa really <laughs> but it's been really good to have you on Cassandra thank you so much for coming along and this is the point where we tell everybody where you can find us and see our uh, stuff so consent- Cassandra start us off um, yeah I've got a little website now which is in dire need of updating but um, yeah it was mentioned at the beginning www.cassandral all one word .net. Um, don't put the all one word in. I'm sure you're <laughs> smart enough not to do that. Um, yep, and um, hopefully I will be updating that um, during my holiday break when I have time and brain space to do go. these things again. Fantastic. Luke? Uh, come and find me at thesoulshardchronicles.com. Uh, .com? Come? Yep. Yep. Uh, and... Yeah, you'll find out what happens to that character that uh, Joel got so excited about this this podcast. Yes, um, that's right. And or or see my music reviews on Twitter at it's again at the Soul Shard. And yeah, look forward to seeing you on the website. Sounds good. Make some uh, comments. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> conversation is always needed. Um, <laughs> The next podcast will take place on the 10th of June, and you can find out more about The Morning Bell at themorningbell.net. Submissions, uh, that's for any writers who want to submit 
uh, international or domestic, you can check out the submission guidelines, which is on the site, and you can submit by June 30th. That's when it closes, so make sure you get your submissions in. I, I think they would love to hear from you, and if you want free cookie points, then you put in, I listen to the podcast. Um, as for me, you can find me at the Pen of Joel or um, thepenofjoel.com. Be announcing um, the second episode of this weird book thing that I've been writing. Trust me, it'll be a lot less glamorous when it comes out. Um, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless, and I hope uh, you come along for the next podcast. It will be live at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, and it will be also available on iTunes when it's out. So thank you very much for listening, and we we'll see you then. <laughs>